Blog Talk Radio.
I am Jehovah, the mighty God. Praise the Lord. Amen. Those of us that are able, let's put our hands together for Jesus. And welcome to Miracle Outreach Ministries on Sunday. Amen. Amen. The Lord is training his people for sudden, unexpected change. The Lord is training his people for sudden, unexpected change. And we have to be alert. We have to actually be paying attention and fully tuned in to him. Amen? Amen. Some of you came this morning and went, what happened? But you knew to pray, so you started praying. Okay, but while you're praying, listen for instruction. Amen? Amen. Listen for instruction. Because... As the song says, life is filled with swift transition. Amen? Amen. Life is filled with swift transition. And we don't know what happens from one moment to the next. But if we're tuned in, if we're listening to the Holy Spirit, We'll know what we're supposed to do. Amen? Amen. Amen. The Lord says I can tell you the little story first. I've been up since maybe after 12. Then he sent me back to bed. Then I've been up since 5 this morning. And then it did not matter what I did. To get here any sooner, he wouldn't let me get here any sooner. And if I tried to go faster, he slowed me down. But you see, he's been doing this for weeks now. He's been trying to get all of our attention and to get us all alert for things not being what we expect them to be. You see... Our times and timing are in his hands. We can't make it go any different, no matter how hard we try. All right? So we need to adjust ourselves to his time. Say, Holy Spirit, I I yield myself to you. Keep me in sync with you. Because you see, we have this idea of what time is and what time it is to do this and to do that and to do the other. But God is going to teach us to just trust him, stay tuned to him, so that we'll be on time with him. Amen? Amen. Long time ago, I told you all about this person I know. 
And he was the assistant pastor at that time in that church. And he was in early morning traffic. We all know what early morning traffic is like, don't we? And he was at the red light, and he heard the Lord say to him, when the light changes, don't move. And he said, yes, Lord. So when the light changed for him to go, he didn't move. He kept his foot on the brake. Now, you know all of that traffic behind him was backed up all the way to the next traffic light and beyond. You know how they responded and reacted. Well, he had to override all of that. Even his own questioning, even though he knew the voice of the Lord, did I really hear from God? Am I crazy? Am I going to get a ticket sitting here? He had to get past all of that and some, and probably his own heart fluttering. He had to get past all of that. And just as he was getting past all of that and really tempted to do opposite of what God said, this car came flying through the intersection. Had he disobeyed God, he and some other people would have died that day. I never forgot when he came to church and stood behind the pulpit and gave his testimony. It's been over, I don't know, well over a decade. It's been longer than that, maybe two decades by now since I heard it. But I never forgot it. And so God is trying to get the attention of his people to stay tuned in to him no matter what we're doing and no matter the circumstance. It could be the difference between death and life. If he had disobeyed, not only would he have died, but several other people would have died also, including the driver of the car that came flying through the intersection that was wrong. So you see, saints, obedience is a serious matter. We can't rush God. He's an on-time God, as the song says. Yes, he is. He may not come when we want him, but he's always right on time. He's an on-time God. Yes, he is. Amen? Amen. And good morning and afternoon to all of our first-time listeners. We are a Christian internet church and a local church assembly established in the love of Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen? I'm Pastor Sabrina, and good morning and good afternoon to all of you. Well, why did she say good morning and good afternoon? Because we are an international ministry. We are in over 100 countries outside of the territorial United States of America. We are an international ministry. 
So to some, it's good morning, and to others, it's good afternoon. Amen? Amen. Amen. We want to thank the Lord today for his patience and long-suffering with us, because many times we're slow. Yes, sometimes we're slow. We're slow to catch on to what he's doing, and we're slow to pay attention. Amen? Sometimes it's been a long time while God was trying to tap and say, hey, trying to talk to you. Oh, but I'm busy right now, Lord. I got this to do and this to do. And I got, and, and then you run down your list of things to do to him. But it's because of his mercy and his grace that you can even think well enough to develop a list of things to do. Am I right? You know, we sit there in bed and we lay down and tell the Lord about every little thing we think we need to and have to do. But, you know, there's a time to put our agenda aside and to do his agenda. It may not be what we planned, but it's his will. Amen? Amen. So here locally, the Lord has been training us, if we were alert, to pay attention in a very special way, hasn't he? I'm not over there. I'm suddenly here. Mm-hmm. I've been asking the Lord little things about, Lord, the times have changed. Things aren't like they used to be. It's dangerous outside. How do I tell them that I'm in danger? How do I tell them that something's gone awry? Well, somebody has to be listening to the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. We've been on all these fasts, all these fasts. Every month, we're on a fast. And that fasting has helped attune us to the voice of the Lord. But we actually have to act. Amen? So today, I contacted two people, amen, to tell them something different was going on. We have to be alert. It's crucial now. It was important before, but now it's crucial. Amen? Amen. Amen. So praise the Lord for crucial. So to those of you who are new to us, and good morning and good afternoon to you, we begin our services by celebrating the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. We begin by repenting of our own sins, our own trespasses, our own iniquities, and by participating in and celebrating Holy Communion. Amen? Amen. So, if you would prepare yourself, it would be a good thing. Amen? Amen. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, 
we come before you as imperfect human beings, full of flaws, full of shortcomings, still have sin, still battling iniquity. But you know, Lord Jesus, that battle's already been won. You did it for us on the cross of Calvary. You made a way for us in spite of all that we are without you. And so we cannot depend on who we are in and of ourselves. We must depend on you. We must depend on your mercy and on your grace. It's important. It's critical. We must all come to understand that we are but dust, and without you, we are nothing. So we thank you for helping us. We thank you for being patient and long-suffering. We thank you for forgiving our sins, our trespasses, our lawlessness, our iniquity, our generational sins, our curses. Lord, we thank you. You've placed them all as far away from us as east is from west. You choose not to remember the things that we have done wrong. We want to thank you for this grace. We want to thank you that you have chosen to put our iniquities, Father. You know that sin we keep falling in. We'll do okay for a while, then we fall back in it. And we'll do okay for a while, then we'll fall back over again. You choose to put that far away from you and to release your love and your grace to us instead. We are grateful. There are no perfect people on this planet. Everyone is flawed. Everyone is weak. Everyone has sons. So you ask us, Lord. You actually command us to forgive others just as you have been gracious to us and you keep forgiving our sins. To forgive the sins and offenses of everyone else who has offended us in any way. So we begin with you this morning, forgiving every single one who has ever offended us or our family or what we are truly concerned about, the body of Christ. We forgive them, Father. We give them unconditional forgiveness because unconditional love is what you have bestowed upon us. We want to thank you. It humbles us to receive such love. So we extend to others the unconditional forgiveness that you died for all of us. We come before you repenting of what we've done wrong. Every word we said wasn't as nice as it sounded when it came out. 
Because in our minds and in our hearts, we have sinned. And we repent and, and turn away from those thoughts and those beliefs and those attitudes and those spirits that we embrace that were not of you. If we judge someone, Lord, forgive us. If we spoke in unbelief, forgive us. If we worried, if we fretted and failed to trust you, forgive us. If we put someone else or something else or some other cause ahead of you, forgive us. Yes, Lord, we sin, but we don't always know what we're doing. So we thank you for your grace. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that because we obey your word and we confess our faults, you are faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So, Lord, we ask for your forgiveness. We ask for your cleansing. We ask for your delivering power in our lives. And we thank you for it. We receive it with deep humility and gratitude and appreciation for your constant care and provision for us. We want to thank you, Lord that no matter what our situation in life is, we know that you love us. We know that you love us. Because we should have been dead long ago if it was according to our sin. We yet live. We know that you love us. So we thank you once again for your love. And we thank you for your forgiveness. Now, I'm going to give each of you a few moments to say before the Lord what you ought to say about your own sin. You may begin. Help us, Lord, to trust you more. Help us, Lord, to love you more. Help us, Lord, to obey you more. Amen. Now... If you have your elements, for I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, thank you, Lord, he broke it and said, take Eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. Partake of the bread. After the same manner also, he took the cup. Thank you, Lord. When he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye, as often as you drink it, 
in remembrance of me. Partake of the cup in remembrance of him. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, ye do show the Lord's death till he come. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this cause many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. For if we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened of the Lord, that we should not be condemned with the world. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. Father, we thank you and praise you for this day. We dedicate ourselves afresh and anew to you and to your kingdom. We commit to live and to operate each day according to your word and the principles and precepts that you have established in it. We place ourselves into your hands. We submit our wills to your will. Everybody that desires, say amen. Amen. That means you're in agreement with what I just prayed and that that is the sentiment of your own heart. In your word, you have promised that you will give us wisdom in the affairs of life. We receive your wisdom in every decision that we make. Help us to consider every side of every issue, to see and acknowledge all the facts involved in every situation in the light of your truth. Help us, Holy Spirit, to think clearly, righteously, and accurately When we encounter situations or become involved in circumstances beyond our knowledge or experience, we will ask the Holy Spirit as we have been taught, and we will yield to the Holy Spirit. When you have sent the one you have sent to reveal truth to us and to help us, we will ask the Holy Spirit to minister to us to lead us, to guide us, and to direct us in the truth concerning every matter that we have to deal with each day. We choose by an act of our will to be the very best saint and employee that we can be, to give first to you, Father, and as required by our employment, what is due our time, our effort, and our loyalty as unto the Lord. Father, according to your word, everything that we set our hands to shall prosper. We thank you, Lord, that our work shall prosper. Show us mistakes 
before they occur and reveal to us how to be more effective and efficient in our activities. Help us to bring glory and honor to you in every action we undertake, every deed which we perform, and every word we speak. Thank you, Lord, that our minds are active and alert. We put out of our thoughts all of our own personal concerns, and we will focus totally on the work before us, giving full attention to the duties and responsibilities that have been assigned to us for the day. We thank you that our enthusiasm for our task will be evident to all concerned and that the excellent way we perform our duties will be a witness to everyone who comes into contact with us. We choose to be long-suffering, patient, kind, and truthful to all those with whom we engage. Thank you that the faithful shall abound in blessing. No matter the situation, regardless of the circumstances, we will respond in love and in truth. We will not seek our own way or try to promote ourselves or brag on our abilities or accomplishments, but instead, we will be secure in the knowledge that if we are faithful and diligent to do our assignment to the best of our ability, then recognition and promotion will come from you. We refuse to lift up ourselves to try to force ourselves into a position of prominence so that others will notice us. We simply commit ourselves to do whatever we have been assigned to do with all of our strength and might and heart and soul. Thank you, Lord, that our honest efforts and godly attitudes will become obvious to those who are in authority so that increases and promotions will follow as a matter of course. Help us to be alert and proactive for ways to increase our contribution to the upbuilding of your kingdom and to the success of our home or our work assignment. In this way, we will find favor with you and with others. In Jesus' name we pray, and all who are in agreement said amen. 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 Father, we thank you for the armor of God that we wear every day. We thank you that you are our shepherd and we shall not want. We thank you that you have supplied all of our needs according to your riches and glory, and we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. We cast all of our cares upon you because we know that you care for us. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Father, in the name of Jesus, from our position seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, we bind Satan, the strong man, and all of his evil angels, evil spirits, demonic agents, all of his underlings, timings, maneuvers, 
tactics, devices, plans, and orders, and we cancel all demonic assignments and satanic agendas against the righteous. We take the territory from Satan in Jesus' name. We bind every form of godliness which denies the power of Jesus Christ. We come into agreement with the Father, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit, and we come out of agreement with Satan, his agents, and his powers in Jesus' name. We close and seal all portals, channels, open doors of access to the enemy. We pull down all demonic thrones. We bind the wicked principalities, powers, rulers of darkness, and all spiritual wickedness in high places. We release the all-consuming fire of God on every ley line, silver cord, and garland. We bind the demons and workers of darkness in the heavenlies, in the bush, and in the deep. We bind rape and murder to its strong man and dethrone them all, chaining them all in eternal chains in darkness, placing them in the custody of the Holy Spirit. We bind the sources of all witchcraft attacks, and we return the attacks onto the heads of the devils that bring them to cling to them for all eternity. We bind all trafficking, reporting, listening, watching, peeping, whispering, familiar demons, electronic, digital demons, technology demons, and their attacks. We bind electromagnetic attacks, smart technology attacks, techno-paganism, and mind control by the occult. We bind you in the name of Jesus. We bind Leviathan spirits, Kundalini spirits, brainwashing, water and marine spirits, sex devils, unclean spirits, passive devils, pain-afflicting spirits, sleep deprivation spirits, artificial intelligence, smart dust, sorcery spirits, seducing, womanizing, drone spirits, whoredom spirits, and all their attacks. We bind the Havana syndrome, brain changes, injuries, all remote viewing, all sonic and audio weapons. We bind whoredom spirits, all the voices of the stranger, the charmer, and the seducer, and their attacks. We bind all targeted radio frequency, all pulse weapons, and their attacks, all the microwave attacks, debilitating sonic frequencies, and their attacks, the work of every druid. We bind 5G and all of its attacks against every human in the name of Jesus Christ. We bind everything coming off the satellite, uh, off the cell towers, and out of our cellular and electronic devices in Jesus' name. We bind force feedback, cyber sex, cyber sex crimes, pornography, demonic curiosity, bewitching spirits which manipulate modern technology, Pulse microwave radiation attacks designed to cause neurological problems, brain injuries, debilitating headaches, vertigo, binding directed energy microwave weapons, and binding all vibrations, which are actually demons in Jesus' name. We bind all hypnotic and trance devils and their attacks, all mystic rituals and their intents. We bind all microwave weapons in the name of Jesus. We overturn and empty all cauldrons and chalices upon the hands of the conjurers and the magicians. We bind every order of magic and mystic arts, Buddhist black magic, Santeria, Kabbalah, Egyptian, Chaldean, Hindu, Indian, African, European, North American, South American, Arctic, Antarctic, Asian, Islander, Tribal, indigenous groups, South Korean, Indonesian, Cambodian, Vietnamese, 
Chani, Esha, Nanaya Kakur, Gata Dabri, Runga de Rebrisa, that is your son, the Rabroca da, Rupusata, Ringa de Rebrisa, that Abraca de Dioso, that is your son, that Abraca, Australia, New Zealand, Rubotoro Brisa, that Abri, Salaradiosun de Rebrisa, that Abreke de Diosula de Akasha, that Abreke de Dia, Caribbean, Latin American, black and white magic. We bind you in the name of Jesus. We bind every order. Every order of magic and mystic arts over any group, any people on the earth in Jesus' name. We bind that that comes from underneath the sea in the name of Jesus Christ. We bind all Morgellons attacks and we return every attack to the senders. We bind the culture of corruption worldwide. We bind all free-flying devils and all evil spirits which take animal forms and all shape-shifting spirits. We bind every demon responsible for the dominion of sin in our cultures. We bind impulsivity, inattention, racing mind, and hyperactivity. We bind the prince of the power of the air, and we return his powers to Jesus Christ. We bind the power of the dog and every abomination that's been committed. We bind the Lord of the flies and his agents, and we place them under the feet of the Lord Jesus. We bind the Mandela effect and all satanic ritual abuse, devils, satanic worship, and witchcraft dedication. We bind the formation of bullflies and demonic insects. We bind all spiders in their webs, trapping them in their own webs. We bind the transference of evil spirits, spirits of infirmity, spirits of supplanting, the gods of the people of the land, the gods of the grove, and every spirit that exalts science, logic, human reasoning, and demonic knowledge against the knowledge of God and makes man wise in his own eyes. We bind mammon and his agents. We bind all demons sent forth to intimidate, harass, Manipulate, lie against, mock, wear down, infect, destroy, spy, sabotage, hinder, monitor, track, besmirch, block, distract, confuse, pervert, stifle, curse, expose, stop, defile, assassinate, divide, corrupt, confound, undermine, despise, attack, reproach, and reduce the effectiveness of the righteous in Christ Jesus. We return and loose these attacks to the senders according to the covenant. We bind the bondage of the generations of fools, the spirit of the fool, and the fool's anger in Jesus' name. We bind the carnal mind. We return to sender according to the covenant, all in every reprisal, retribution, counterattack, retaliation, all avenging, all blowbacks, all vengeance, every boomerang, each payback, and all requiting of our righteous warfare In Jesus' name, this includes every evil work, mark, rite, ritual, ceremony, sacrifice, proclamation, pronouncement, vow, root work, or sin against us, astral projection, sending demons to us to work against us and against all that pertains to us. No demon, no wicked person on our righteous event left behind in Jesus' holy name. We bind all vampire spirits, voodoo, hoodoo, ancient arts, mystic rituals, Devils attending New World Order, New Age Movement, The Great Reset, Make-Believe, Fantasy, Fables, Enchantments, and La La Land. We bind false religions, numerology, horoscopes, the spirits and works of the oppressors, the spirit and the children of disobedience. We bind martial arts, yoga, transcendental meditation, antichrist ideologies and doctrines, Ahab and Jezebelic practices, lewdness, perversion, the outworking of vain deceit, death spirits, spirits, of destruction, chaos, and mayhem, oppression, depression, anarchy. We bind 
Premonition, clairvoyance, EST, telepathy, psychokinesis, out-of-body experiences, reincarnation, haunting, poltergeist, astral travel, psychic healing, demonic meditation, spirit guides, and defilement by wizards. We bind you in the name of Jesus. We bind the king of pride and his agents. We chain you with eternal chains under darkness in Jesus' name. We bind all human, demonic, blood, sexual, financial, animal, fecal, and solely sacrifices. We bind all devils attached to idols and idolatry. We bind every form of rebellion, idolatry, root work, mind control, apathy, nature worship, deception, scoffing, error, worldly indoctrination, military spirits, rioting, abuse, all trolls, all fear, combative jealousy, fleshly ambition, the culture of corruption, weariness, betrayal, unfaithfulness, and temptation to sin. We bind Belial, Beelzebub, Baal, Moloch, Basilek, Python, Neptune, Zeus, Apollyon, Kali, Isis, Osiris, all gods and goddesses, Mammon, Atlas, Baphomet, and his 72, in the name of Jesus Christ, and we chain you with eternal chains under darkness in Jesus' name. We undo the work of demonic weapons, fireballs, poisons, voodoo pins and dolls, hot and cold spots, promptings, codes, triggers, charms, tumors, and designs, and we return their afflictions to the worker of witchcraft and their pagan sources. We break the power of every Masonic ritual, rite, and ceremony. We bind the wicked powers coming from the demons that they serve and the accompanying work of the associated organizations in Jesus' name. We bind the brotherhood, the lodge, the craft, and the grip in Jesus' name. We bind every spirit that was familiar to the Laodiceans. We bind the pride and foolishness of our own opinions and the work of errors in our lives. We return and lose all the retaliations of the enemy upon his own head according to the scriptures. We bind all traditions and customs rooted in sin. We denounce and renounce them all and loose ourselves from them. We bind the gang stalkers and send their fear, harassments, and witchcraft back on their heads as well as their mind control in Jesus' name. We bind the spirit of slumber. We thank you, Father, that you have given us power over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means harm us. We rejoice with you that our names are written in heaven. We bind every spirit that denies the deity of the Lord Jesus Christ and his blood atonement on the cross of Calvary. Father, we ask for eyes to see, ears to hear, and hearts to believe, and minds to receive what the Spirit of God says to the church. We repent of an evil heart of unbelief. We ask you, Father, to teach us to guard our hearts with all diligence. Lord, we've come to loose the bands of wickedness, to undo heavy burdens, to let the oppressed go free, to break every yoke and chain, and to call for justice and plead for truth. Lord, develop in us a love for the truth. Lead us into truth. Your word is truth. Make us to know the truth, and your truth will make us free. When the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against him. Lord, we've come to celebrate the scriptures with you and to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. We will not turn back from pursuing the enemy until the Godhead does. The Lord Jesus Christ is our commander-in-chief in whom we serve and obey. Amen. Whom we serve and obey. Father, we pray for the peace of Jerusalem, for kings, all who are in authority, and all true Christians everywhere, especially all those that are persecuted, Father, and those that were left behind in Afghanistan. The work of the devil in that, in the name of Jesus Christ. 
We cut ourselves free from every demon that has followed us, was sent to us, was transferred to us, and we command them to leave us now. We cover ourselves in the blood of Jesus Christ. We cover our mode of transportation. We take authority, dominion, and power over any entity that would cross the road, that would come out of their lane, into our lane, that would cause an accident or a collision or a tragedy of any such kind. We thank you, Father, that you've dispatched your angels ahead of us to protect us. We cover ourselves and our property with the blood of Jesus. We take authority over all the demons that come to attack us in the night. Bad dreams, night dreams, sex dreams, anyone or anything trying to get into our dreams. We command them to stay away from us in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord, for the wall of fire that surrounds us with your glory in the mist. We thank you for the warring linking angels that surround us in the name of Jesus Christ. We thank you for your praising angels covering us and for your ministering spirits in Jesus' name. We pull out all fiery darts, pins, needles, spear, voodoo, and curses, anything that the enemy sent to us, and we send it back from whence it came in the name of Jesus Christ. We thank you, Lord, that you've given us power and authority over all the power of the devil, and nothing shall by any means harm us. We cut ourselves free from ungodly soul ties, attachments, covenants, agreements, oaths, consents, garlands, vows, pledges, pacts, leagues, and all of the form of agreement with the demonic realm. We break down and tear down walls of protection around shamans, globalists, nanotechnology, Satanists, war, wizards, warlocks, witches, sorcerers, divinators, and such. We break the power of every vex, hex, curse, love spell, charm, voodoo, magic, sorcery, psychic prayers, psychic thoughts, bewitchments, potions, jinxes, psychic powers, torment, count incense and candle burning, sickness, pain, death chains, crystals, root works, tribal rituals and sins, incantations, chanting, ungodly blessings and root works. And we thank you for delivering us from them, Father, in the name of Jesus. We bind spirits of hate, spirits of bitterness, spirits of envy and jealousy, spirits of wizardry, spirits of sorcery. We bind their powers in the name of Jesus Christ, and I release over the members of Miracle Outreach Ministry the blessing of the Lord in Jesus' name. And everyone says amen. 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 At least everyone that's in agreement with their prayer. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord.
come right now. Before I even get this sermon started good, you know, he could come. But are you right with him right now? That's the question to ask. Are you right with him right now? If not, now would be a time to say, Lord Jesus, Jesus. forgive me of my sins. I do repent and turn from all of my family's sins and all of my own. I understand that you really are God and that you died on the cross for my sins. You really do love me. Your Father loves me. The Holy Spirit loves me. And should you come right now, you want me to be able to come to be with you. So I ask you to forgive me. And I ask you to come live in my heart and be my personal Savior and the Lord and Master of my life. I ask you to come save me, Jesus. I ask you to heal me. I ask you to deliver me. I ask you to make the person you sent me in the earth to be. I don't want anything to do with Satan or with his powers at all. I just ask you to help me become the best I can be for you. I give you my love. I give you my trust. I give you my loyalty. And I give you my life. Thank you for receiving me and forgiving me. Amen. Come live in me, Jesus. I receive you now. Amen. Well, now that's better. So if he comes in the next three seconds before I finish preaching, we don't have to worry about the rest of the message. Amen. Well, (laughs) the name, the title of this message is All But One. All But One. Amen? Sister, did you bring me a Bible today? I think we have some in the closet that we can be a blessing. Amen. I'm right. Yes, I'm right. But there must be a devil in you, though. You've got demons, but I'm going to bind them. So, say, why is it that when issues arise, we have a tendency to immediately believe that our perspective and our determination is right. Why? Why do we think we're 
all the time. Why do we believe and decide that our own point of view is right with God? Have you ever been wrong, really wrong, and found out how wrong you really were? Has it ever happened to you? Why do we think that we know what we don't know in fact or truth? What brings this forth from us? What gets this this up out of us? What? Well, well, let's talk about it. The Bible says, For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, the flesh means me without God, myself. For I know that in me, in myself, dwelleth no good thing, for to will is present with me. Okay, I want to do right. But how to perform that which is good, I find not. I have no idea how to get it done. As it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. Amen? For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Nobody escaped that but Jesus Christ. Amen? If thou, Lord, shouldest mark iniquities, O Lord, who shall stand? If God went around tallying everybody's wrongs, who could stand before him? Amen? Amen. What is man that he should be clean? And he which is born of a woman, that he should be righteous? Well, that's a good question. The scriptures declare to us that we should fear and reverence the Lord. Amen? As he charged them, saying, Thus shall ye do in the fear of the Lord, faithfully and with a perfect soul. Although we may not be perfect as humans, our hearts can be perfect before God. Amen? And that's something most people that love Jesus really do want in their lives. Amen? So the Bible says, Behold, the fear of the Lord, that is wisdom, and to depart from evil is understanding. The fear of the Lord, that's wisdom. That's being able to make the right choices with the knowledge that we have been given. Amen? Amen. That's an important thing in life. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. So the reverencing of God, the true reverencing of God, the reverencing of God, thank you. Let me see what I can do about this. Okay. The reverencing of God is going to endure forever. But we decide if we're going to be participants thereof. The judgments of the Lord are true and right, excuse me, and righteous altogether. 
So what God decides is right. What he tells us to do is right, even if we don't understand and we don't agree. Because we have a great proclivity, a great tendency to be wrong just so. Amen? I can't fix it because it's not me. No, the volume is up as high as it goes. Amen. It's just like it was Friday. Nothing's altered. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. All righty. Tell whoever it is to call back in again and maybe it'll fix. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, the reverencing of God. Coming to the knowledge and understanding that first there is a God, that he's real, that he's alive, and he's in control of everything that we see and all that we have never seen. He's really the one in control. He can stop this whole show on less than a day. Amen? There are people who think that there isn't a God, but they are very wrong. And we pray that they come to a better understanding of truth. A good understanding have all they that do his commandments. People that choose to obey him, they've got a pretty good understanding that God makes dead and alive. He's in charge of that. He's in charge of you moving from one sphere to the other, from all that is before you were ever conceived, all the way through to conception, through the maturing in the womb, the birth process, and everything that happens even as you leave your body and your body goes into the grave and you go to live elsewhere. He's in charge of it all. Amen? And nobody can say to him, just what are you doing? Amen? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So now let's meet in the New Testament in the Gospel of Luke. Let's visit with the Lord in Luke chapter 17. Now, if you have a new Bible, it's always best to go to the table of contents. It'll tell you exactly what page to go to. Amen? Table of contents is at the very front of every book all the time. Amen. 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 Thank you. Praise the Lord. Luke chapter 17, beginning with verse 3. Luke chapter 17, beginning with verse 3. You got it? Good. Okay. Take heed to yourself. If thy brother trespass against thee, rebuke him. And if he repents, forgive him. It does not say if he says, well, I'm sorry. No, it doesn't say that. It says, and if he repents. Saying I'm sorry is not the same thing as repenting. 
Repenting means that you confess and acknowledge your transgression, whatever you did wrong or failed to do, and that you are turning from it. That's what repentance means. I realize I've gone the wrong way, and now I'm shifting, and I'm turning to go in the right way. That's repentance. Repentance isn't, oh, I'm sorry. No, that's your saying, oh, I'm sorry. It's not, oh, I'm sorry isn't even a true apology. A true apology states, if I've done something or since I've done something that offends you, please forgive me. It was not my desire to harm in any way. That's a true apology. That's a true apology. If I've done anything to hurt anybody, if I've stolen anything, whatever it is, I apologize from my heart. I have no desire to harm. That's an apology. But that, oh, I'm sorry, is a bad joke. Granted, we've heard it a lot, but it's not a substitute for the real thing. See, it sounds a whole lot different when you say, oh, I'm sorry, versus if I've done anything and you tell me this is what I've done, I apologize to you. I ask for your forgiveness. That sounds a whole lot different from, oh, I'm sorry. And when we come before God, when we truly open our hearts up and say, Lord, I have sinned against you. I'm wrong. It sounds a whole lot different to God from, oh, I'm sorry. You hear the difference? It's felt different, too. Amen? Amen? It's received different, too. We acknowledge that whatever it is we participated in, we put those nails in him on that cross. We pierced him in his side. We mashed that thorn of crowns down on his head. That's a whole lot different from, oh, I'm sorry. You understand? I've had my part in what happened to you because I have sinned against you too. That's what we're saying. That's a completely different world from, oh, I'm sorry. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. And he says, I repent. Thou shalt forgive him. And the apostle said unto the Lord, Increase our faith. We need faith to do all this forgiving. And the Lord said, If ye had faith as a grain of mustard seed, ye might say unto this sycamine tree, Be thou plucked up by the root, and be thou planted in the sea, and it should obey you. But which of you, having a servant plowing or feeding cattle, will say unto him by and by, he has come from the field, go and sit down to me. And will not rather say unto him, make ready wherewith I make sup, and gird thyself and serve me, till I have eaten and drunken, and afterwards thou shalt eat and drink. Does he think that servant, because he did the things that were commanded him? I trow not. So likewise ye, when ye have done all those things which are commanded you, say, 
We are unprofitable servants. We have done that which is our duty to do. In other words, when the servant comes in from his field work, he doesn't just sit down and feed himself. But first he prepares his master's meal and serves him before he feeds himself. The servant is not expecting a big thank you because he is merely doing what he's supposed to do. Likewise with us, if you merely obey God, you should not consider yourself worthy of praise because you have simply done your duty. You have done what you were supposed to do. Amen? All right, amen. I'm going to verse 12 now. Luke chapter 17, same chapter. I'm just going to verse 12. And as he entered into a certain village, there met him ten men that were lepers, which stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said unto them, Go show yourselves unto the priests. And it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. He was not a Jew. He was not an Israelite. He was a half-breed. He was a Samaritan. And Jesus answering said, were there not ten cleansed? For where are the nine? There are not found that return to give God glory, save this stranger. You see, the one that turned back to give glory to God did not have access to the covenant that the Israelites had with God. This person was outside of the agreement that God had with the Israelite people, so he could not of his own doing, partake of the blessing that had been bestowed by God on the Israelite people if they would obey him. He was an outsider. He was an alien. He didn't have any right to say anything to Jesus about anything for any reason under any circumstances. He didn't have no bill of rights, okay? As far as the Israelite nation was concerned, he was not a citizen. He did not have those rights. All right? Deuteronomy chapter 8. Deuteronomy, that's at the very beginning. Deuteronomy chapter 8. Amen. Starts with a big D. D-E-U-T. Amen. Chapter 8. And I'm going to verse 7. 
Deuteronomy chapter 8, beginning with verse 7. Deuteronomy chapter 8, beginning with verse 7. For the Lord thy God bringeth thee into a good land, a land of brooks, of water, of fountains, and depths that spring out of valleys and hills, a land of wheat and barley and vines and fig trees and pomegranates, a land of olive oil and honey, a land wherein thou shalt eat bread without scarcity. Thou shalt not lack anything in it. A land whose stones are iron and out of whose hills thou mayest dig brass. Well, you can sell that stuff. When thou hast eaten and art full, then thou shalt bless the Lord thy God for the good land which he hath given thee. Beware that thou forget not the Lord thy God in not keeping his commandments and his judgments and his statutes, which I command thee this day. Beware that thou forget not the Lord thy God, how? In not keeping his commandments and his judgments and his statutes. Lest when thou art eaten and art full and hast built goodly houses, not just a tent, goodly houses, and dwell therein, and when thy herds and thy flocks multiply and thy silver and thy gold is multiplied and all that thou hast is multiplied, then thine heart be lifted up and thou forget the Lord thy God which brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage, who led thee through that great and terrible wilderness, wherein were fiery serpents, scorpions, and drought, where there was no water, who brought thee forth water out of the rock of Flint, who fed thee in the wilderness with manna, which thy fathers knew not, that he might humble thee. People need to be humbled? Yes. And that he might prove thee so that he could test There's testing in God's kingdom. Amen? Amen. There's testing in God's kingdom to do the good at the latter end. You had to get humble and tested so good could come to you. And thou say in thine heart, my power and the might of my hand hath gotten me this wealth. You shouldn't tell lies. But thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for it is he that giveth thee power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant, which he swear unto thy fathers as it is this day. And it shall be, if thou do at all forget the Lord thy God and walk after other gods, you know, like your job. And like the brand new car you got that's still shining. You have to wash it and wax it every Sunday. You can't come to church anymore. You know what I mean. And serve them and worship them. I testify against you this day that you shall surely perish as the nations which the Lord destroys before your face. So shall ye perish because you would not be obedient unto the voice of the Lord your God. That's serious business. If you want to be blessed, when I finally bless you, 
you better remember where your blessings come from. When I finally bless you, you need to remember where your blessings come from. Proverbs 20, verse 9. You don't have to turn there. Who can say, I have made my heart clean? I am pure from my sins. I won't go for a show of hands. You see, saints, in our flesh, in our self, in our self-life, there really is nothing good nor profitable to God's kingdom. In the report of the ten lepers, true gratitude was only expressed by one of the lepers. All but one went as told them, thinking that they were okay. They got their blessing from the Lord. They're doing fine, and they're okay. But not so. Not so. See, I got just what I wanted from the Lord. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you did. You see, they had encountered Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. They had met the Messiah, as if that wasn't enough. They actually, in the flesh, had a conversation with God himself. And they recognized him for who he is. So they clearly understood whose presence they had come into contact with. They said to one another, it's him. Yes, it is. It's him. He's the one whom we heard about. It's him, all right. Because, see, they weren't up close. They were at a distance. They were lepers. They couldn't come up close. They had to declare that they were unclean, unclean, unclean from a distance. But they saw him and recognized him and addressed him in a manner that said, we understand who you are and the power that you have. And we know that it comes from God. That's important. So in verse 13, they got up their courage. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. We ask God to do that this morning. They acknowledged his authority and power with their greeting. So they made a request that only Jesus could honor. Have mercy on us. You see, leprosy was supposed to kill them. They were supposed to rot away while they were still alive. They knew that there was no cure whatsoever for what they had. And on top of that, leprosy was considered a judgment from God from from some sin that they had committed. So they had the condemnation of the entire society against them. Not only were they lepers, but somehow they had deserved what was happening to them. So you know folks had a lot to say about them. It was their understanding and belief that their health condition was the direct result of the sin in their life. 
It was looked upon as a judgment from God. In some cases, in the lives of believers today, such is the case. Sin in the life is finally judged in the body. So as to turn one from their sin. If you suspect such in your own life, then seek the Lord for his confirmation, not your opinion. There is a difference. Saints fail to realize that you can ask the Father to forgive you for all of your sins, but in practice, there are certain transgressions that God will require specific repentance for. They are grave offenses to the Lord. Amen? There's some things that you did along the way that when you went down to the altar or sat on in the bathroom or wherever you were when you decided to ask Jesus to forgive you, whatever you said, he received it. But there are certain things that you had done that he brought your attention right back to because he wanted specific repentance for whatever that transgression was. Amen? Amen. I know it is so of a truth, but how should man be just with God? That's a good question. How should man be just with God? When we consider ourselves to be so right that we have no idea that we could be wrong, we have stepped into pride. This spirit of pride makes us blind to our own sins because we have become righteous in our own eyes based on our works and on what we believe about ourselves. It's sneaky, you know. It's very sneaky. It's sneaky. Proverbs 30, beginning with verse 12. Proverbs 30, beginning with verse 12. There is a generation that are pure in their own eyes. There is a generation that are pure in their own eyes and yet is not washed from their filthy. There is a generation, oh, how lofty are their eyes, and their eyelids are lifted up. You know, if you try to, you go to the family reunion or the family gathering, and it's obvious that they're not living for the Lord as they once said they were, and you make any comment at all, you get that look and that nose goes in the air. And they don't want you saying anything with your righteous self to them about their lifestyle. Well, they need to change that attitude. It's not helping it's not helping at all. Mm-hmm. You know, you've been there, and you were just going to go over to say so and so. Well, how are you doing? And how are you? And, and I said, Ooh. so you had to just. Well, it was nice seeing you, and go on and talk to somebody else. But it is that way. 
So, in Luke chapter 18, Luke chapter 18, I'm going to begin with verse 9. Luke chapter 18, and I'm going to begin with verse 9. You can catch up with me. And he spake this parable unto certain which trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised others. Two men went up into the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a publican. You know, he works for the IRS. Deep love, deep love, deep love. Amen. Deep love. Two men went up into the temple to pray. I'm not going to do that, Lord. One a Pharisee and the other worked for the IRS. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself. God, no, that's not how they do that. God, I thank thee that I am not as other men are, extortioner, unjust, adulterer, or even as this public. I fast twice in the week. I give tithes of all that I possess. We're going to pause right there. I'll come back to him. So two men went to the temple to pray. Now you would think that their minds would be completely focused on God, their relationship to him, and on their existence by means of God's provision. You would think two people going to church to pray, their mind is on God, right? Right, so you think, but not so. The proud Pharisee, so you see, he was a Pharisee, so he had a position in the religious order of the day. He wasn't just, you know, like the guy selling fruit off the back of his car. He had position and he had status in the community, all right, in the religious community. He prayed this way, thank God. God, as they like to say. I am not as other men. Well, let me tell you. The Bible says, for there is not a just man upon earth that doeth good and sinneth not. But he's proclaiming that he's not like other people. He's a breed apart. Mm-hmm. That's the truth. That's what he's saying. He's saying, I am not as other men are. Extortioner. I don't work for the IRS. Unjust. I'm not an attorney or a judge. Adulterer. I'll leave that alone. Even as this publican. I'm not like them guys. I don't do what they do. I have never done the things that they have done. 
Remember that lady that they brought out? You know, it was two of them, but they brought one of them, and they was asking him, you know, we're ready to stone her. And he, and, 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 and he said, he that is without sin, let him cast the first stone at her. Mm-hmm. Well, hallelujah. He, this guy here came from that same group. Mm-hmm. He came from that same group. He was trusting in himself that he was righteous, that he was right with God, and despised others for their weakness and sinfulness. All have sinned, we have read in the scriptures. There is none righteous, no, not one. That's what the scriptures say. He reminded God. Now, this man came to the temple to pray to God, right? He reminded God that he didn't commit the sins that others committed. He didn't do that. He has never been arrested for anything in his life. That just means he didn't get caught by the police. Okay? He said that he didn't commit adultery. Well, maybe not that kind of adultery. But was he not an idolater by worshiping his own self-righteousness rather than God? Then he used that opportunity when he should have been seeking repentance for his own sin to determine that he should not like and rather to despise someone else who came to pray because he perceived unrighteousness in that other person. He may as, may as well have said, Lord, just look at that man. He's full of demons. I see it. They are manifesting on his face. Saints, do you remember back when you still had all of your demons? People could see your flesh and your sin too. It would help us all if we could remember that we were once the publicans at the temple praying to God. Let's go to verse 13. And the publican, standing afar off, he didn't get right up front to the altar. He backed way back. You know when you showed up, you've been sleeping out all night. You came into church. You sat as close to the back row as you could because you were scared God was going to come out of the sky, crack the ceiling open, hit you with a lightning bolt, and you'd be dead in front of the whole church. And everybody would know that what he was preaching about was about you. (laughs) Hello. See, I thought I was slick. I would go sit down front. That was worse. (laughs) But we don't have to go into that (laughs) story. See, I figured I had outsmarted that, but, you know, it gets worse when you get smart. Amen. And he would not so much as lift up so much as his eyes under heaven. He kept his eyes down. But smote upon his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. 
Oh, you know when you used to do that, you sneak into church going, God, my period ain't come on this month yet. Just keep looking up front. Nobody will know it's you. Amen. Mm, we ain't going to go down that aisle today. That's a deep one. We'll let that alone now. You have thus repented. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone that exalteth himself shall be obeyed, and he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. Amen? Amen. You know you used to every now and then show up to that little church on the corner where people didn't already know you, and you sit there, and all of a sudden the sermon would change. And then he would get on your sin and stay there, would not get off of it for anything. You were scared to get up and try to tip to the bathroom or out the door because everybody would know that he was talking about you. <laughs> Amen. Just tell the truth. We're in God's house today. Amen. It's the truth. We didn't come from the pearly white and clean. We came from sin like everybody else. Amen. We were shaped and fashioned in iniquity, the Bible says. So this man had some nerves. He's going to talk about somebody else. Yes. We remember, Lord, when we were the publicans at the back row of the church, trying to run out the church for somebody to say something to. Our stench from our sins was enough to send others running away when they saw us coming. Yes, we offended many of them in our early deliverance days, but God was busy washing us clean. All of us had stubborn stains of sin that we prefer not to remember. None of us came to Christ squeaky clean. We all made horrible decisions and choices, yet we were still his. Some of us have forgotten to remember where we really did come from, just like the nine lepers. We came to Jesus and into God's house, dirty, filthy, still sinning, ignorant of the ways of God, cussing, foolish, foul, and more. Pretentious, lying, arrogant, and proud. But God began to clean us, to work on us, and he called his helpers to work with him. We were still partying, smoking, drinking, sexing, and more. But God was at work. He had to work on the surface quickly before the saints gave up on us and quit praying. How dare we attempt to take credit for God's labor of love to us and through the body of Christ and also directly from him. We stop profusely, but the blood of Jesus is a powerful cleanser. It cleanses the sin-sick soul. Our sin separated us from God and from others, too. Some of us had a sin sense so strong that others had to hold 
Romans did double duty. It's so. In Romans chapter 10, you don't have to turn there. Romans chapter 10, verse 3. For they being ignorant of God's righteousness, the way God establishes righteousness, and going about to establish their own righteousness, like the Jehovah Witnesses do, have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. For they being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness, like the Mormons do, have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. God does it his way. Man tries to use religion to do it their way. Amen? Amen. For an hypocrite shall not come before him, the Bible says. There is a generation that are pure in their own eyes and yet is not washed from their filthiness. We used to be a part of that game. And why beholdest thou the mote that is in thy brother's eye, but perceivest not the beam that is in thine own eye? Either how canest thou say to thy brother, Brother, let me get that demon out of you. Brother, let me pull out the mote that is in thine eye when thou thyself beholdest not the beam that is in thine own eye. Thou hypocrite, cast out first the beam out of thine own eye. Sweep around your own front door before you try to sweep around mine. Cast out first the beam out of thine own eye, and then shalt thou see clearly to pull out the mote that is in thy brother's eye. Amen. The true righteousness that comes from God alone The true righteousness comes from God alone. It is imputed to us through Jesus Christ. As sinners, we were declared righteous solely by God's grace through faith in Jesus Christ. Therefore, it all is completely dependent on Jesus Christ's merit and worthiness rather than on our own merit and worthiness. Jesus' righteousness is credited, just like on your financial account. Jesus' righteousness, all that he is before the Father, his standing before the Father is credited to our account, to each saint, so that our sinfulness does not come between God and us when we are allowed and welcomed into the Father's presence. You know, we can't fly into the Father's presence with a ton of sin in between, which is why we repent first before we celebrate the Lord's Supper. We got to get cleaned up first. Now, not by works of righteousness that we have done, 
No, it's not because we stood on the corner with a newspaper going, buy this. You seen that in the way in. It's not because we've led 100 people a month to Jesus Christ. That's not it either. Not by works of righteousness, because we fried chicken for the church's picnic. Nope, that's not it either. Not by works of righteousness. We went down to him and Park, and uh, those people were there. We had made sandwiches and passed them out to them. Not by works of righteousness, which we have done. We gave a good piece of money down there to Trinity Ministry because they feed the homeless, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. That's how it comes. It's not what we do. It's what he did. And be found in him, not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith. That's the only way. I don't care how many magazines or newspapers they sell, it's not going to get them anywhere near heaven. We understand? None of that will get you in the door. I don't care how many chickens you you pluck and clean and cut up and fry. That's not it. I don't care if you're the one that takes the pastor's robe to the dry cleaners every week and you bring it back and it's ready for the That's not it. I don't care how many years you've been the head of the usher board. It does not matter that you've been the church organist for the past 40 years. That's your reasonable service to the Lord. It's not your doorway to heaven. Amen. Amen. It's not your doorway to heaven. Your doorway to heaven is through the blood of Jesus Christ. (laughs) Our pride of self-righteousness will lead us to think that in ourselves we are better than others. This attitude of pride angers God and displeases him greatly. For what you're saying is, stand by thyself, come not near to me, for I am holier than thou. Well, God says it's smoking his nose, and it's going on all day. He'll be glad when you finally repent of that. We must always remember, saints, that we are who we have become by God's grace, and it is by his grace alone that we stand. For who maketh thee to differ from another? And what hast thou that thou didst not receive? He gave you the faith that you used to believe him to receive Jesus Christ. 
You didn't come up with this on your own. You were still using his name as a cuss word. If thou didst receive it, why dost thou glory? As if, this you, as if you hadn't received it. Like it was yours from the beginning. No. He gave to every man the measure of faith to believe in. You finally decided to do something with it. But he had to work on you. The Father had to draw you for you to get to that place. He's been working on you a long time. I mean a long time. That was long before you would come near anybody and let them lead you to the Lord. And then after they did, you went right back to the bar where you was at before. Amen. God is good. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace, which was bestowed upon me, was not in vain. Jesus didn't hang on that cross for no reason. And me standing here today is the proof. Are you like the nine lepers who God blessed and forgot to return to sincerely thank him? Are you like the nine lepers who as soon as they were cleansed, you know, on your way to jail, oh, Jesus, would you help me now? <laughs> and suddenly they let you out on probation when you should have still been locked up. Are you like the nine lepers who as soon as they were cleansed forgot where they came from? I'll let you answer that. Stand for the benediction. Are you like them? Well, I hope not. Father, we thank you for this word. It's been a stirring word. It's reminded us of truth, and it put us back in our place. We want to thank you for that. Now let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. And all the believers said, Amen. Praise the Lord. God bless you. Pastor loves you. I'll see you on Wednesday. Recast the sermon because he didn't have me preach this to somebody else. Amen. Amen. God bless you.
Mm-hmm.